it can't go on like this, can it? It can. Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. continues with the Arsenal, even in situations where it seems like there's just no end product, Arsenal turn up. Arsenal 3, Bournemouth 2, and uh, elation. I was at the rugby on Saturday afternoon because I knew there was going to be load shedding, and uh, so many things went wrong. Uh, First of all, I heard the score on the way back uh, driving in traffic uh, that Manchester City won 2-0. Obviously not having seen the game and Newcastle had their chances. You thought to yourself, okay, Man City's back. They look like they're not conceding and they're scoring at at least two goals per game. However, when I did look at the game back, Newcastle had their chances, especially uh, when Man City were one all up. And then obviously on the way back, actually heard that Arsenal conceded an early goal because I tried to put one and one together. Uh, how is it possible the games just started and it was 1-0 and then load shedding happened and I have to end up downloading the games first half and then the second half because uh, the service provider doesn't have highlights immediately so now you have to keep your phone off and all those type of things so what a game to miss live eh? but the emotions were still the same I obviously didn't know anything other than it was 1-0 early and then I obviously uh, was able to record the second half on my DSTV decoder and then obviously I had to download the first half and took my time going through all the moments and obviously when you uh, watch delayed live you've got that ability to pause and rewind and fast forward certain instances uh, as if you are watching the game live but uh, we absolutely battered Bournemouth. Bournemouth were fantastic in the sense that they defended well. And normally when Arsenal play against a team with these low blocks and there's a lot of deflections and a lot of uh, shots going against players, it's a combination of Arsenal not being accurate on the day in the final third. Maybe uh, our build-up plays a little bit too slow. And then obviously that allows the defence to get into position. And then obviously you have a little bit of you defending well as an opposition in your low blocks. And then the other thing obviously is a little bit of luck and uh, the feeling of things going against you. Arsenal 
got the job done in the end and it was so so many th little things that took place in this game from VAR to Arsenal's starting lineup half of the fan base was a little bit perturbed at the fact that we made changes and on the outside it looks like we are making changes because we possibly uh, slightly underestimating the team uh, you obviously can't help but underestimate you obviously know that the Premier League is a very difficult league so even the team that is 19th 20th can beat you on the day and obviously after the loss Bournemouth ended up now being the bottom team in the league at the time I think Southampton were bottom prior to uh, this game and uh, yeah it's, it's very difficult the, the mindset that's why we as fans and people that create content uh, you can analyze till you're blue in the face. It's just you you don't know the psyche. Yes, you've got mentality monsters, Manchester City and Liverpool to some extent. Uh, and then Arsenal are obviously trying to get to that level. So uh, there's various ways of looking at why is it that Arsenal had to have a 97th minute winner against Bournemouth at home, a team that they completely dominated at Bournemouth's ground. Granted, it was a different manager, different style of play. Arsenal obviously winning 3-0 very comfortably the in the first first round and now obviously struggling to get uh, well at one stage it was 2-0 down but uh, to start off with Arsenal's starting lineup Ramsdale in goal Tommy Yasso at right back and then obviously Saliba Gabriel at centre back and then Jinchenko left back and then Martin Odegaard, right eight, left eight was Vieira, not Granit Xhaka, and uh, Thomas Partey in the six. So uh, obviously two uh, changes that obviously kind of had the eyebrows r raised uh, in Tomiyasu as well as uh, Vieira coming in, and then obviously Trossard up front, and then uh, Martinelli and Saka the wings. So obviously everything that could go wrong in the first half went wrong from a defensive standpoint, from an attacking standpoint, from a mindset standpoint and from a yet another injury standpoint uh, for Arsenal in this first 45 minutes. Uh, a lot of people analysed the first goal and said it was a very good move from Bournemouth. However, despite the fact that it was a good move and when you look at it in slow motion you see Arsenal players ball watching as Bournemouth started attacking Arsenal's left side which teams will tend to do because that is where Zinchenko tends to push up however Arsenal completely shell-shocked Gabriel misses the ball and then uh, the forward player uh, has just the goalkeeper to beat and an easy goal with Saliba also ball watching or player watching after the little deflection from Gabriel who couldn't get the ball away and within 9.65 seconds Bournemouth were 1-0 up first attack of the game and normally Arsenal obviously tried to uh, stamp the authority on the game this time around we didn't kick off and uh, obviously couldn't win the ball and uh, early goal which obviously changes the whole theme of the game whether Bournemouth scored or not Arsenal was always going to dominate the ball but now obviously a little bit of a scare at the back you've just conceded and after actually looking solid for, for quite some time or a couple of games maybe since the first half against Aston Villa and then unfortunately this early goal one all down after less than 30 seconds and yeah we had to keep on pushing we had a, quite a few chances actually so we had a lot of ball not a lot of 
big chances but quite a lot of ball and there was a couple of opportunities for Saka and Martinelli in the first half as well as Odegaard so sometimes we tend not to shoot sometimes we then do shoot and when we shoot the accuracy just isn't there maybe we're rushing things and the correct weight isn't on th- going through your shooting capabilities meaning we tend to sky the ball so that is a combination of uh, uh, how the game is going you know frustration and wanting to get things as soon as possible back on level terms however despite uh, the continuous work from Arsenal it's 1-0 at half time and then the second half came started again really fast uh, we brought on Benjamin White for Tomiyasu and uh, Benjamin White had an ex- excellent second half uh, just to go back to the little groin issue uh, that is now not so little, uh, not a, a, a long, lengthy layoff, but it s- seems like it could be two to three weeks for Trossard, a seemingly groin issue, which was obviously caught quite early. So he felt discomfort and immediately went off. So uh, from then on, who came on for him? Completely forgot. No, Nelson came on in the second half. But uh, Martinelli's... For some reason, I can't remember who came on for him. But, uh, yeah, it was Smith-Rowe, yes. Smith-Rowe came on, and then Smith-Rowe was substituted later on uh, with Nelson coming on. Yeah, so Emil Smith-Rowe came on and looked about four levels not ready. Uh, So that's unfortunately not really his fault. It's just all part of uh, the fact that he's been out for a long time and Jesus is going to have the same problems, probably. Uh, because not uh, Arsenal play this 100 miles per hour type of attacking play and he just wasn't uh, unfortunately in sync with the others so he looked like he was off it however he still had an assist for Thomas Partey's goal but anyway second half started Arsenal pushed 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 and then a I think it was a free kick which led to a corner and then yeah first corner of the game boom 2-0 once again, poor defending, Thomas Partey losing his man, and just generally our zonal areas wasn't marked quite well. So once again, mentality and time of play and wanting to rush things to try to get to 1-1, all those things are factors for us then conceding. It wasn't particularly a, a great goal from Bournemouth, just basics, basic defending, marking your area, because I don't think we do the man marking, we do the zones. So once again, very disappointing goal to concede, especially uh, with the situation as it is, trying to compete for this league. And obviously at this time, we are two points only ahead of Man City, losing, and obviously on the same amount of games played. 2-0 down Arsenal, however, we had to had to go for it and that's exactly what we did. So obviously here and there a little bit of tactical changes and... Uh, Nice uh, header, I think it was, from uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. Once again, helter-skelter type football. And uh, from there onwards, uh, Thomas Partey scored and Arsenal were back in the game. A couple of minutes later, uh, Benjamin White uh, marauding down the right-hand side. And uh, obviously, the goal-line technology uh, was in the ear of the referee. And obviously... Arsenal had quite a number of VAR decisions go against them. So in certain games it gets given, uh, when Arsenal play it doesn't get given. I try my best not to. Unfortunately I have to because 
from a biased perspective and watching all these games you cannot understand that some decisions goes in certain games and some in other and then if it's a bad decision in the one then the next game they want to do better so that bad decision from the previous game that we thought is a penalty for example is now not a penalty because in the first place they wanted uh, the correct decision to take place so a bad decision from another game now affects a Arsenal game the next time Arsenal play because what was a bad decision in the previous game they don't want to repeat that so it's just a, f a circle a circle of uh, yeah I don't know I like to call these guys clowns but they seem to know more than us even though most of the stuff they are getting wrong but VAR let's leave that a little bit away and then obviously Arsenal 2-2 70 odd minutes and then obviously we had to push 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 20 for about 20 minutes or just under 20 minutes Nelson coming on for Emil Smith-Rowe and immediately now the weird thing is Nelson also had a long-term injury not the not a groin problem I think it might have been a hamstring hamstring or thigh uh, whereas Jesus, who's still on the, on the mend, had a serious knee injury and then a serious groin injury after surgery for Emil Smith-Rowe. So their injuries are obviously of a lesser nature, so maybe part of the reason why they are not going to be immediately having an impact, even though Emil Smith-Rowe still had an assist in the game. He had an assist for Thomas Partey's goal. And then obviously we had the situation where Arsenal kept on pushing here and their VAR decision going against us, hitting the post. And uh, good defending, you have to give Bournemouth credit and they did look dangerous on the counter-attack. They had chances in both the first and second half to get a third goal. Uh, I would say the second half chances that they had is more to do with Arsenal pushing, really pushing forward. And then obviously what a... Uh, well, first of all, again these goalkeepers and players from the opposition that's playing these low blocks and I understand why they have to do so yet again uh, these guys are wasting time and it gets added on and Arsenal score a late goal because of time wasting from the opposition it happened against Aston Villa and it happened against Man United late goals uh, and uh, yet again corner coming from Arsenal ball ricochets of someone I can't remember who it was and then I think it was one of the Bournemouth defenders yet again. And then on his left foot, what a goal from Reese Nelson. And Arsenal score in the 97th minute. Absolute elation, pandemonium in the stadium. Everybody celebrating, everybody staying behind after the game. Everybody celebrating on the, on the field of play. Coaches and Arsenal substitutes coming onto the field of play, which the uh, FA now obviously wants to, in, well, they are investigating because the referee put it in his post-match report so we are being investigated for that even though other clubs also do it but to be fair I think Jurgen Klopp got a big fine for doing so so uh, you have to kind of also look at it in that sense yes we are celebrating a late goal it's a very important goal it puts us five points clear our first title chase in decades so uh, sometimes you just have to understand but uh, if they find us, they find us. It's it's fine, and obviously the celebrations, police, police uh, moaning again. Uh, the other day, uh, the Carabao Cup champions uh, was celebrating a tin pot trophy, and then they lose seven 0 not long later. So uh, sometimes you have to watch what you say. Probably myself as well. After 
teasing all the United fans this week because we obviously have to go to Anfield as well and we can lose our very next game at Fulham so uh, sometimes you just have to keep the, the round thing on your face shut up until the end of the season so let's see how things go but uh, elation uh, I obviously probably let's say f an hour after the game ended was able to see that delayed live and obviously I have my own celebration uh, obviously not knowing that we scored that late so I tend to put everything off so it was still for me even though it was an hour later than everybody else I still got to have my moment at the end of the game so three points for the Arsenal 26 games played 63 points goal difference of positive 34 how amazing is that there was so long last season after January I think we only had a positive goal difference and we are in March on plus 34 63 points after 26 games five clear of Man City who has seven goals ahead of us so that we are technically four points clear of Man City because if they draw level then because of goal difference they will be the number one team in England undeservedly so I feel after 26 games it will be really sad if, if we don't pull this one through I know it's a 38 league season or, or, or game season but after 26 games we've been exceptional here and there blip it happens to everybody so yeah Man United after the thumping the 7-0 thumping on positive 6 goal difference and on 49 points they have a game in hand I think it's Brentford at Old Trafford the same Brentford that smashed them as well so that's another team that smashed them this season so well, that's the top three uh, I don't think Man United are in it anymore they do have some tough games to go again and obviously they've lost to Arsenal they've lost to Man City they've lost to Liverpool away from home they must still go to Tottenham away they must go to Newcastle away and I think they need to still go no then they host Fulham so from the teams that's nearby they also have to play Brighton at home so the teams nearby in in the top eight and the ninth team Brentford they need to go to no the, they host Brentford so uh, Man United have quite a few games still from the teams in the top 10 they have to go to Chelsea no they, again they host Chelsea so yeah I can't see them being in the title race and then obviously Man City has their tough games Man City played Crystal Palace on I think it is Saturday evening what could be Sunday not 100% certain on that but they do play before us and then obviously Arsenal away at Fulham on Sunday afternoon a very very tough game actually I'm predicting a draw for that one desperate for us to win obviously but I think that will be the tough toughest game in this month because we have Palace uh, at homes to go to come still and obviously a couple of seasons we've struggled against Palace at uh, the Emirates so that's not going to be an easy game but uh, once again <laughs> looking positive for Arsenal a fantastic 3-2 victory we had our issues we are still conceding we are still conceding a lot of chances despite dominance in football games and that is due to the title race I feel not due to our tactic not due to the way we play we are just not dominating games well we are dominating games but we're not controlling games there's a difference between dominating and controlling dominating controlling both ways from a defensive standpoint as well as an attacking standpoint uh, Aston Villa second off to a large extent the second off uh, Man United at home the entire Tottenham game those are games that we controlled 
the Everton game second half controlled from a defensive standpoint excellent and from an attacking standpoint excellent but uh, yeah we're not able to get 90 minutes where there is uh, both from a defensive standpoint and an attacking standpoint there just doesn't seem to be that uh, control dominance most of the time but no control and profligate in front of goal meaning we are not creating all our chances our xg is becoming lower so and we have a bit of injuries to our front line all three number nines are injured trossard who's not the number nine but is seen as somebody that can play that role is injured and is injured and jesus are injured funny thing is they all could be back on the same weekend first of april after the international break so fulham next i predict a draw hopefully no injuries in the europa league game we are back in europe as well at the time of recording i must still watch the second half unfortunately load shedding has struck yet again i think the 11th consecutive arsenal game that load shedding has struck uh, so uh, yeah unfortunately that is the life we live in here in south africa but uh, can't complain five points clear 12 games to go it's getting to the crunch time now uh, so hopefully we can do better than what i predict on sunday uh, also we've got quite a strong team playing against Sporting so again and there's a couple of illnesses Odegaard, Tierney are both ill at this moment in time and uh, yeah we'll have to see how we recover from the Portugal trip that's why that's the only reason why we're not it's not that Fulham are that difficult uh, hopefully they can uh, have problems because uh, Paulinia isn't playing however Solomon and Mitrovic are both in great form and William is in good form so that's their front three and they've got uh, they won't be able to play Cedric but uh, Leno is also in good form still struggles with crosses though so I'm going 1-1 with that one and uh, let's hope we get our players back let's hope one of the three is available at the very least for the bench on Sunday so Nketiah, Trossard, Trossard won't be uh, Jesus is training but only started contact, contact training so hopefully Nketiah might be available uh, for Sunday at the very least on the bench because we are able we are not able to rest anybody if they are not able to at least come on uh, we're basically playing with Smith Rowe, Nelson Martinelli and Saka as our front four well our front three between the four players heading into a very difficult Fulham game so we need one attacker back midfield looks okay defense looks okay we're not defending well but i'm just saying we have the numbers to be able to cope but uh, let me end it there up the arsenal our first trophy is in and what a sunday afternoon it was after a fantastic saturday with the men's team beating bournemouth the last minute dramatically arsenal go and beat a team that they've been struggling to beat in cup competitions here and there good draw one win i think in the last eight in the league but arsenal finally beat chelsea ladies in a cup final the conti cup which is equivalent to the men's league cup arsenal winning at sellers park for the second time this season obviously the men's team beating palace on the opening day and uh, the Arsenal ladies did us proud by winning our first trophy of this fantastic season. Hopefully it will be a fantastic season. We're holding thumbs. Arsenal winning 3-1. Uh, 
Uh, all four goals scored in the first half. Arsenal with a tactical masterclass, despite, like the men, conceding a very early goal. And we thought, here we go again, with Chelsea possibly getting the trump over Arsenal. However, Arsenal made some tactical changes, especially attacking the wide spaces that uh, Chelsea tends to leave because they press quite high. And our midfield was absolutely brilliant. Leo Valti, our Swiss holding midfielder, alongside Kim Little, one of the best WSL players of the last decade. She's a Scottish midfielder and our club captain. And then Frida Manum, who had less, less so of a good game, uh, our, what we call our left H-10. And then up front, we had uh, Caitlin Ford, our Australian winger. On the right, we had Katie McCabe, our Irish left-back slash left-wing slash right-wing. And uh, up front, we had Stina Blackstenius, our Swedish striker. She was absolutely fantastic. Our, a typical number nine performance. High press, winning the ball and scoring a very important goal. So despite Chelsea scoring early, uh, Arsenal then replied with three goals to end the half. Uh, first of all, a Blackstenius goal to make it 1-1. Uh, then a penalty to make it 2-1, a clear penalty. And there was other opportunities where the referee just blatantly looked the other way in the second half for Arsenal to have more penalties. However, Kim Little stepped up, the captain, 2-1, and then a Raffaele. Well, it was actually more a own goal. So one of our defenders uh, headed the ball from a corner onto the shoulder of one of the Chelsea defenders, and it was a own goal. 3-1 Arsenal at halftime. And then, despite Chelsea huffing and puffing, changing tactics for the third or fourth time, changing formation, Arsenal finally got the wood over Chelsea and winning our clubs. So I like to put them together with the men, our club's first trophy for the season. And uh, excellent, excellent win. Really proud of the goals. We did it. Finally winning a trophy. And then a couple of days later, on Wednesday evening, Arsenal hosted Liverpool at Meadow Park. And, yeah, it wasn't a great display. Obviously, a strong team selected. I think one or two changes were made. Two changes at best, I think it was. And Arsenal winning 2-0, two first-half goals. So, uh, both games, uh, last Sunday's Cup final as well as the league game on Wednesday, Arsenal scored the goals in the first half and were able to control things in the second half. Uh, maybe less less control in the second half because it was a little bit sloppy. It was a very cold day, cold evening for Arsenal uh, at uh, Bo- Boramud, yeah, Boramud, uh, Meadow Park, Boramud. Very cold day. Game could have been cancelled. I think there was a little bit of frost as well and ice, but Arsenal got the job done and uh, got a little bit closer when it comes to the league positioning. So, uh, yeah. Looking good for Arsenal. We are about six points off top with a game in hand. Man City played 14 games, 32 points. Chelsea played 13 games, 34 points. And Man United played 14 games, 35 points. So Arsenal have a game in hand. I think it might be Brighton away. So they should win that. Arsenal also playing the lower, I think the bottom team, Reading this Sunday. So another opportunity for more goals. Uh, try to get the goal difference up. Arsenal have conceded the same amount of goals as the Man United ladies, eight. So they are tied best defensive teams. However, 
Chelsea, Man United have scored 38. Man City have scored 30. And Arsenal only 29. So we are, as I said in previous podcasts, we are still struggling to score. However, it's getting a little bit positive from an attacking point of view for us since the game against Chelsea on Sunday. So we're looking better. Uh, as I've mentioned so many times, we've got two of our star players out for the entire season. In a season that looked like we could really push for the league and push for the Champions League, we're still in the league, we're still in the Champions League, however, without our two of the best players in the world. So that is disappointing. However, we are growing as a team without them. And hopefully Arsenal can actually get through Bayern Munich, which I think they can do if they play like they did against Chelsea later this month away at the Allianz Arena against Bayern Munich in the first leg of the quarterfinal. So Arsenal can make the semi-final. It will be a close game. I think Bayern Munich might be the second strongest team in Germany. I haven't seen their logs yet. Normally, Wolfsburg and Bayern Munich tend to fight it out and Bremen uh, as well. So Arsenal are fourth at the moment. Uh, Goal difference is better than Man City's. So if we win the game in hand, which I think is Brighton away, uh, as well as I think we are playing Man City again in the league. We are playing them at home in the league. So, uh, and already... Yeah, we have to go to Chelsea, but we're no longer scared of them and we have to go to Man United. So there are chances if we win those big games. I've mentioned the big games before. There are chances for Arsenal to still get in touch with the league. They just need this new players that they got in January to start scoring goals and assisting. And then things can actually start happening for the women's team. So can't complain there. Academy roundup for Arsenal. Let's have a look. So the FA Youth Cup has reached its semi-final stages. Uh, last time out, Arsenal defeated, I think it was Oxford in the quarterfinals. No, Oxford beat Man City. I can't remember who Arsenal beat in the quarterfinals. Referred to the previous podcast. However, Arsenal are in the semi-final and they are playing at the Emirates Stadium. It looks like it's been confirmed that it will be Saturday the 8th of April. 7 o'clock kickoff. And that will be at the Emirates Stadium. So Jack Wilshere's boys will be playing the very strong. I think they've barely lost the season. The Manchester City Academy, one of the best academies in the world. Obviously bought, but it is still one of the best because results-wise they are always at the top. So Arsenal host Manchester City at the Emirates Stadium. Saturday the 8th of April, 7 o'clock kickoff. And then West Ham host Southampton on Thursday the 6th in the other semi-finals. I think Arsenal have a chance, especially with the game being at the Emirates. But obviously our results has been a little bit up and down. Uh, Arsenal are currently 6th, having played a game less than West Ham. West Ham have 16 games played, 42 points, 15 points clear. My goodness. So only 6 games to go, so they've basically already won the South part of the the what they call is they divided into south and north west ham off way ahead at the top arsenal in terms of catching up to second or eight points or fulham so that's unlikely going to happen because the results has been up and down five wins four draws six losses 32 goals scored and 32 conceded for arsenal so we are struggling defensively at under 18 level even in the Cups, we're conceding always first and then we have to come back. So we've had quite a lot of late Cup wins due to the fact that we're constantly conceding goals. And then moving on to the under-21s, the Premier League 2 league table, Man City top, 
41 points after 19 games. So they are, so remember, Arsenal for a long time heading into January were actually tied top with Man City and Crystal Palace. However, Arsenal has fallen really badly. They've actually lost four and drawn one of their last five games. So uh, Arsenal now have five losses, six draws, seven wins in sixth place on 27 points. So in terms of third, uh, we are gameless and only five off third. However, Chelsea and Man Man City have started to pull away as the top two. So we're not going to get anything really from the Premier League two. I've mentioned before in my podcast that Arsenal tend to send out the the better players out on loan and then... uh, they tend to use the talented under-18 players to come to the under-21. So we do it a little bit differently while Chelsea and Man United stock the teams with under-21s and the huge squad senior players tend to then play for the under-21s as well. So they rack up a lot of points and they tend to win this quite simply or easily. Arsenal are in the Premier League Cup quarterfinals. Southampton, Blackburn in the one game, I see Stoke and Fulham in the other, Bristol, Nottingham Forest, and then Brentford, Arsenal. So in terms of names, it looks like Arsenal can actually win this competition, but you never know. We tend to be very inconsistent in this competition. But a possibility for the under-21s to get some silverware, judging by the names. However, under-21 football is very inconsistent, all the teams. So that's where we are. Arsenal ladies looking good. Our first trophy. Uh, both the under-18 and under-21 boys are in cup knockouts. Quarterfinals for the under-21s Premier League Cup. And the boys under-18 are in the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup. So something really interesting to look forward to in the month of March. All these teams have key knockout games. The Arsenal ladies have Bayern Munich away in this month in the Champions League live on YouTube's The Zone channel free of charge. Up the Arsenal. Arsenal 2, Sporting CP2 and defensive frailties again uh, despite dominating the game from Arsenal uh, it's starting to become a concern. Uh, We did make quite a few changes and there has been talk more talk than excuses because uh, there is a new remit from Arsenal to not make excuses. Supporters can, but uh, Arsenal tend to not make excuses and tend to either move on with the situation or deal with it internally. But it sounds like there was some form of illness. It's obviously that time of the season where it's a change of weather. And it just seems like it hit us with a couple of players. Sore throat for Vieira, who played. Odegaard did travel but uh, also has uh, some sort of illness, so I'm assuming it's flu. And then uh, also Tierney, who trained yesterday and then was sent home by the doctors. So uh, two players that could have made a difference to the starting lineup uh, were obviously uh, ill. And then uh, Vieira, who had an okay game, probably one of the better outfield players. Well, not outfield players, but more midfield attacking players. Uh, also had a bit of a sore throat, probably uh, the better out of the three. The fact that he and Martinelli are basically close to the hip, surprising that Martinelli wasn't said to be ill as well. Maybe he was, maybe few players were ill and that affected the performance. But we did dominate the ball 
and once again profligate in front of goal. Uh, Martinelli should have scored twice. I would I would have said. Saka a little bit quiet, created here and there. Once again, the type of player that that that's quiet, and it looks like he's not maybe having an impact on the game, but uh, does still create opportunities. Uh, Nelson looked good at times, but then again, uh, it just uh, didn't click. The team didn't click. Uh, in goal, Matt Turner, or Tina Turner again this time when he has a bad game. And uh, yeah, he wasn't, uh, didn't have a good game. Uh, was indecisive in his passing. Did make a good save for the second goal, but then obviously the rebound uh, Arsenal defenders not quickly there to uh, get rid of it. But uh, once again, it looked like uh, uh, they were able to bypass our midfield as well as uh, attacking our wide areas. Obviously, when we are in control of the ball, we're pushing high with our inverted fullback and they were able to get uh, some opportunities. Uh, yeah, Once again, it looked like Arsenal couldn't get out of second gear. Uh, the passing was timid at times. There was an intensity in the passing. You can obviously pass 70% of the ball or 70% of the game. You can pass the ball around, but you need to have some sort of intensity. And once again, we don't know what is the external factors, such as what I mentioned earlier when it comes to uh, the guys, a uh, couple of the guys being sick. There's fatigue obviously starting to hit and the intensity of this title chase, which Arsenal needs to keep up. Sunday, Fulham, big game. And we are not defending well. doesn't matter if we're making changes or if it's the same team. So hopefully Arsenal gets to work on the set pieces. A very poor goal to concede. To be fair, they also, when we scored our goal, it was also poor defending from their side. But we're not here to analyse sporting. We're here to analyse the fact that Arsenal are giving goals away again. So it happened. Uh, obviously Man City. Uh, then the Everton game not so much because we obviously thrashed them in the second half uh, not so much in the Leicester game as well the Leicester game where we controlled the game second half we controlled the game against uh, Aston Villa and then we controlled most of the Everton game however there were problems in the Bournemouth game that uh, that came up again obviously the early silly goal conceded and then the corner yet another corner this year so this calendar year it's been problems from corners we are not defending as well as we did in the first half of the season and that control that we saw for most of the first half of the season isn't there now let's just look at the current state of the squad uh, well let's first look at the starting lineup so Turner in goal Ben White right back Saliba right centre back so there you've got two of your main back four and then also Zinchenko started at left back because the youngsters coming up aren't quite good enough and uh, we obviously didn't play Tommy Yasu at left back so didn't want to disrupt too much and then obviously Kivio with his debut passing wise good but uh, obviously it was his debut he could very likely have been nervous and then also the fact that yeah he was a little bit positional positional wise there was a bit of a problem he and Matt Turner unfortunately the only two from the five that hasn't played unfortunately didn't have good games and that is obviously they are the product of not having played football games so they are good enough uh, Turner has had good games this season 
Uh, however, uh, the, they just weren't in sync. Uh, Saliba had a very good game. He took control of, the, of, of things at the back, but we still gave away chances, especially from wide areas. And then, well, you can say wide areas and through the middle. So I wouldn't be too concerned because obviously the issue is that there wasn't a Ramsdale and there wasn't a Gabriel. So that is why uh, things just didn't look that good. Uh, Tomiyasu obviously came on in the second half for Zinchenko and from a defensive standpoint did okay. It's, it's from an attacking standpoint when we are trying to you know play that 100 miles per hour attacking football where he is a little bit lacking and that is just a shortcoming of his. The same way that Tierney has a shortcoming for doing the inverted role. So uh, when we do our squad building going forward we need to obviously have a look at the type of players that we want but uh, a Tierney and a Tomiyasu who are better defensively they are needed in the squad in certain instances but they are very likely not going to play as much just due to the fact that they have uh, a couple of things that, that, that is needed for our inverted style of play that they don't do as well they do defend well and you do need those defenders but from an inverted standpoint they are not up to scratch in midfield Jorginho didn't see much wrong didn't see much right uh, he didn't have uh, that excellent passing game but uh, he was okay probably a 5 or 6 or 5.5 out of 10 performance Xhaka had an okay game as well and Vieira probably stood out when it comes to the midfield but once again a complete change of midfield 3 and uh, yeah it just didn't click uh, the, the, the like I said the intensity of the passing wasn't there and once again, there could be external factors for that. And then obviously up front, Saka, Martinelli and Nelson thought they would do better. I honestly did. Uh, yeah, uh, again, no goals from the front three. Well, technically, Reese Nelson scored a late winner. But uh, uh, you can look at it as concerning. You can look at it as uh, external factors contributed to the performance. But we did get a 2-2 draw against a, a, a decent European side. I thought that Arsenal can play a level lower than the league level and still win. They could have won this game. They could have lost it as well. They, they, there was too many instances on the counter-attack where Sporting Lisbon had opportunities. Uh, what we also need to realize, they are a top team in their country. And they obviously do have analysts and Arsenal are seen every week. So uh, Arsenal does have some weaknesses, especially when they... Uh, dominate the ball and you've got your inverted fullbacks coming into the midfield and uh, unfortunately Zinchenko did give the ball away a couple of times which led which led to opportunities so uh, concerning yes uh, the fact that we are in multiple games conceding quite a bit of goals there's quite a f bit of two goals conceded this calendar year so that is a long-standing concern for the last 12 league games. A very difficult game on Sunday. We've got the likes of Mitrovic, Willian and Solomon up front. That's going to cause problems. Uh, yes, we were not happy with Willian's period here, but he's also got something to prove. He also publicly stated that he was abused quite a lot. So he's going to be very motivated. Bernd Leno is going to be very motivated to do well against us. And then uh, I think they have two key players out uh, in the midfield and defense so uh, it might be one of those games where it's going to be a 3-2 2-2 or a 4-2 type of a game again or maybe a simple 1-0 will do that's all I would ask I did go for a draw 1-1 uh, 
uh, just feel it's going to be a tough game. Uh, we had quite a few first-team players playing. We have a few players ill, and we still have uh, Jesus and Ketia Trossard out. So those are three key attacking players that's going to make a huge difference in April. So let's hope they are back in April. There's rumors going around that Jesus and Ketia might be back before the international break. So that means possibly not Sunday, but uh, we've got next Thursday second leg. So hopefully one of the two are back. And then we've got the big game against Crystal Palace on the Sunday to just end the period before the last international break so by the international break 10 games to go april fool's day leeds united at home everybody bar al nenny needs to be fit up the arsenal Oh, 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 oh,